Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on in Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Welcome back to B&E. And shortly the U.S. Open will start. And Rory will be playing with Brooks Kepka today. How about that? <laughs> Let's see some fisticuffs. Why not? I haven't, I haven't heard your take on, on the whole thing. On I, L- I don't L- know. The, the PGA was about to go away, but it's not about morals. It's about money. Well, that, that's you know, eminently clear. There's a lot of people that drop their morals for money. Eminently clear. But they were making idea. such a hard stand about it, but they didn't know what it, it entailed. I don't think the commissioner, who is not feeling good himself, and I can understand probably why, I think he would be a little bit like me, a little bound up himself here over what's happened over the last week. But uh, the um, the live golfers, there have been a number of them. There have been a couple of guys uh, that um, their governor, you know, the money man has told them, that Lib will be played in 2024 has let them know. I think it'll be a combination of the two. Like, yeah. it'll be the initial idea, like the golfers that left for the Lib tour. Initially, they were like, well, can I leave and still play at PGA Tour events? It'll, I think it'll be a mixture of the two. I think Lib will be more team of the team-based format, too. Like yeah, I, and, and I'd like to see what this deal would be where, you know, you buy your way back onto the PGA Tour. Well, if you went to Lib, you've got mo- – I mean, how much money – what what is the commissioner? It's they, they're saying it's like two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine to come back. Yeah, Rory missed one one tournament, cost him three million. See, that's so, ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that was. You can't be. I I don't understand how. Like, was it one of the events that they were specifically like the mandatory it was. events? It was that, one of those mandatory events. Harbor Town, where he was expected to play. You know, I don't care how many weeks you played in a row. You're a little tired, but we need you at Harbor Town, and you've agreed to do it. And then you you. You're, you're tired, so you say, no, that's okay. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, once again, we're talking about guys that make millions of dollars. Rory, you think he really is going to worry about $3 million? No. No, I got off that week. I'm good. I needed to take a break, so I took a break. It cost me $3 bucks. But it's not that. It's not about that money with him there. It's about how he's put him, kind of put himself out here as the face of all this madness. But that's 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 him. I mean. I'd, I'm not going to lie. I'd. I'd, I'd Respect Rory for the you know what he said and the stance he took, but I don't like him as much now just because of how quickly things have reversed and how you know yeah I I, I, I don't you know, know if it makes any a, sense. I but. read a real interesting take on that, and it and it was basically this that that is Rory's personality because of where he grew up in Northern Ireland, mm-hmm. where you're constantly and you well, and you're just I mean you are in in a way kind of a fight. And a fight is occurring Constantly around with you. Him, yeah, around, yeah. And and they and they said that that it's 
Rory's natural inclination not to get, you know, in big fights. But he did. He believe, I, I, I understand think, that. I think Jay Monahan put him in that position, though. Okay. I don't think he put himself. I think Jay Monahan came to him and was like, hey, you need to be the driving force against the live tour. Well, this is. I and, think he enjoyed was, being the driving force. Yeah, when he thought that. Yeah, and this, this was only happen. explaining why he, you know, why, why he was so quick to, you know, capitulate may or may not be the right word, but why he was so quick to kind of not, you know, continue to blow it up and everything was the the fact that he's from Northern Ireland. I I, I thought it was a real interesting take. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be interested to see how, I mean, he and Kepka together, I just want to see good golf. I don't think these guys, like, hate each other, too. I mean, some guys might hate Phil, you yeah, know, Patrick they, Reed. There's some, there's some, definitely some outliers. But I don't think Brooks and Rory are going to be like not talking or scowling at each other on the course they're today. They're golfers. Yeah, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, they're all still millionaires, and right. some may, some may be getting paid more than others. But you're still playing it. You're still playing a sport as a, your profession. Yeah, the one I can't figure out is why do they think that they should be because they didn't go to live, and now they should start getting a bunch of money paid back to them now that they've joined. Why? Why? You had a choice. Why, why you made the decision that you weren't going to go? It didn't. It didn't work out for you. But you're still going to make money if that's this. If you decide that's going to be your your job and you're not going to quit golf and become a lawyer or something, okay, you made that decision not to to go to live golf, right? Why why should they be paying you live money now? I don't because you stay the, the PGA might. I mean, if I was if I was expecting money from anybody, it would be the PGA. Correct. Be like, hey, thank you for staying loyal, even though we sub came to to the Saudi money and whatever. We had no choice, but thank you for your loyalty. Here's a little bit of extra, you know, cash. Not nearly as much as you would have got. Not the kind of cash they've given to but you. But here's something. Here, Rory. Here's your three million back. But did it take you guys by complete surprise when it happened? It did. did you go holy? Let Let me. I, I saw this. The I. I Came in. Uh, I had this on my phone, but I, the sponsors. You know, you'd wonder if the what are the sponsors going to say about it? And I got a list of what the sponsors said when officially, you know, when asked for official comment on behalf of the corporation. What's your what's your uh, what's your reaction to this? FanDuel says we have no comment. United Airlines, we have nothing we can share at this time. DraftKings, thank you for reaching out. I'll let you know when we have a statement. True Green, politely declined. Getty Images, we have no comment. Morgan Stanley, we declined to comment. Citibank, no comment. King made jerky, no comment. Because a lot of those corporations are in bed with a lot of other. Oh yeah, I know, I know, folks, I know. You know. I'm not. I'm saying they, they did not get caught with their pants down. Oh. This is them saying we understand how unpleasant this look is. Well, I, I brought it up before, but I mean, look at the NBA. With they're in bed with China. They yeah. they've blackballed people from the league for you know disagreeing with you know Chinese government stances on things. I'd, I I don't think if you watch the NBA, you should be able to watch golf. And like not, it's the same thing. You sure know, it's it the same is. with Nike and all these shoe companies and pretty much any big major corporation. They're doing something shady or you know child labor or whether it's you know, there's a million different things that that could be going wrong. And they We're in bed all over the world yeah, with exactly. people that do shady things. Exactly. So, so if I mean, you don't, as I said, don't think too hard about it. Yeah, if it's if it's about your morals, then don't take the money and go on your morals and and play on your your PGA tournament. You're, you still have millions of dollars. You can always go be a club pro. And make millions. They know who you are. You want to make millions? I'm just talking about as a fan. Oh, yeah. The people that are saying, like, I'm not going to watch the PJ Tour anymore. I think that's, 
I mean, that's it's kind of out of your control. Something like this was eventually going to happen. I'm sure the PGA was already in bed with you know shady money in the first place. Now it's just out in the open. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how, but but there's not enough, there's just not enough information yet. No, and, we have no details about any, right. the dealing or what what next year's going to look like at all. We just know that the two are merged together. They have a lot more money, and hopefully, we'll be seeing the top golfers playing together. And before it all is said and done, that TV money is going to talk too. Yeah. They'll be they'll actually be doing the doggone talking about what's what who's going to be on this. No, we're not putting them on there. We're not still not putting live on, on on our on our major networks. Now, if they decide they're going to do that, if the major TV somebody decides they're going to do it, whether it's Fox or whatever, guess what? They'll be watching. Oh yeah, we've. I mean, have we not talked more golf, PGA, whatever sure. it is, in the past two weeks than we ever have, or at least well, I ever have? Well, on yeah. The radio? But when we get to the majors, well, people said that yesterday when we were talking about it, but. Generally, when we get to the majors, no matter what it is, we talk about golf. We just yeah. Know. But this has been you know a week and a half, two weeks straight of. I mean, yeah. this, this this has been the main conversation in the sports world. Because, yeah, uh, I don't I don't know what what the deal is, what they're going to do. I just I just want them to play competitive golf. You know, and they, that as I want I the said, best guys out there together correct. competing. You know, at the end of the day, that's going to happen, or it's you know it's, because if you have your morals, you can you all have enough money to go and play. In those tours, you don't have to take the money that they give you. You can pay your own way. You can do this and still be okay. If it's about if it's about n- not taking their money, well, then you pay your way to some of these tournaments. You know, pay your caddy and then go about your business. Don't don't take any money. Or if you're eighth place, making you know two million dollars or, or, or a half a million dollars for being in eighth or ninth, that's all right. You don't have to do. It. You don't have to take. It's just like it's just very similar to the shoe companies and the colleges. You don't have to take the money. You didn't have to take. The, you don't have to do. But you're gonna. Oh yeah, you're gonna do it. The money does talk. You're no gonna deal what. with Nike. You're gonna. You don't have to take the Under Armour money. Coaches don't have to take those those Nike cruises. When I coached, they used to get for free. You don't Whoa. have to take the cruise. Tell us about that. Well, you Nike cruises. Oh, Nike used to send you on cruises. But then they sent the head coach. Oh, they sent they sent the assistant coaches to do camps while the head coaches were gone <laughs> on the Nike cruise. It always seemed to happen that way that that Nike cruise. Seemed to be around when camps were, and the head coach. Well, I'm not going to be here. I've got to go on a. I, I got this cruise. As a matter of fact, I left Boston College when my head coach went on the Nike cruise. I he went to Illinois when when Jack Bignell at Illinois. I mean, at Boston College went on the Nike cruise. I got called by John Magabee. While Dude was on the cruise. I like later. I left- uh, I, you see, to me, I, and maybe I don't. I, I'm not getting the personas right. Makovic would seem to me like a guy who would like to be on the cruise and possibly dine at the captain's table every night. Oh, well, but Bicknell did did not seem to me to be a kind of guy who would even go on such a thing. Well, Jack never wanted to be at the Dagum summer camps either. That was that deal. <laughs> okay. But he was he was wonderful about it. Is he would get the coaches, the assistant coaches would get the money that he would get. Oh, okay. For being the head coach for well, you know from Nike for being there, he, we'd split his money. He would go on the cruise. He just happened to go at the wrong time for me. I ended up talking to him when he when he came back. I left him a message. I said, "Coach, I'm probably not going to be here with you. I'm probably going to go to the Big Ten instead of being here in, as an independent at Boston College. It's it's time. Bye." And at that time, Jack had the opportunity because the AD was the, the former offensive line coach at Boston College. Jack had a chance to be the head coach at the University of Illinois, but the word was he was just too lazy to pack <laughs> <laughs> from BC. That I knew him. And that kind of was the word. He no, nah, he doesn't want to pack up and leave. Jersey Jack Bignell did not want to go to Champaign, Illinois. God, that's a good. <laughs> he's too lazy to pack. He was just too lazy to pack. He's going to stay here. Wonderful man. 
lost his wife a couple of months ago. Good people. Did, Good uh, people. Learned an awful lot from him. Did you ever want to be a coordinator? Not really. Well, that's certainly a... Uh, did you ever have I mean, an opportunity? Yeah, Were I mean... you I, ever asked to Well, be? I, I was so involved in the run game stuff with the offensive line coaches. I mean, it was... Might as well have been a coordinator. Might as well have been a... You know, I mean, it was... Right, today, you would have been like a run game coordinator. I don't think yeah. they had like that they didn't title. Have, they didn't have... They those just had... weird titles. No, they had one coordinator, offense and defense. They didn't have three different ones. They didn't have... Run game coordinators. You were just the offensive coordinator, or you're the defensive coordinator. Is it? I mean, can you get too many people? Don't you think there's a tipping point where extra people either up in the booth or too on the side? You kitchen. know, what I mean, I never thought that. I, I thought the more the merrier when it came to football. Truly, yeah, the more people. I, I mean, could get. as far as a coaching staff, sure. Huh. What I love to have, like where Sark is having these, you know, Paul Crisp come as a, a a former head coach coaching at Wisconsin. That are you kidding me? Do you think he doesn't know about the run games? Do you think they've had some pretty good running backs at Wisconsin and a power run game? Well, at some point, does it become like a you know an idea lab, and you're kind of getting bogged down in all of it? Only thing that screws you up is the fact that if your if your ego is too much to handle a guy who has some different ideas than yours, there are a lot of head coaches that would go, "No, you were a head coach. You're a little too close to this." If I do a little bit too much of this, okay, everybody's going to say this is all about you and not all about me. I mean, when you drop that part of it. And I, I, I feel think like they, there is a lot of that, though. Oh, there, oh, there's a lot of coaches that won't do that. There's a lot of coaches probably in, in major college Jimbo. football that can have extra guys around them if they want to. They can afford to. You can get you know as many assistants under that, you know, under that pay deal as yeah. you want. But a lot of guys are like, no, I don't think so. You were a former head coach. People really kind of like you. I mean, yeah, people get caught up in egos, but you can't let that. I, I can believe that. I, I I can believe that 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 you. And that's just fear of being second guessed. I mean, you know, that to me is kind of an insecure coach who would make that call. But but I've probably acted like that same way. I mean, you got to give her some respect for Coach PK last year with Gary Patterson. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the 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 fan base is pretty much at the end of the year like, oh well, he's going to be the next guy. Yeah, he'll yeah. be the DC mid season, you know. And they seem like they coexisted extremely well. That's and a real they, good point. And he, I. I love that he was here for a year. I, I, our defense got significantly better. Yeah, that. I mean, I think the team learned a lot from Gary, not just the offensive guys, but the defense. You know, I mean, not just the defensive guys, but I think their offense learned a lot. I mean, that guy ha- has a lot to offer, and I think Paul Chris has a lot to offer too. He's essentially in, your dumbass coach. Yeah, you got to have that. I'm, I'm still of the belief you got to have a dumbass coach. I mean, you need somebody on the sideline when you're the head coach. He looks at the game, just especially like if you're you calling the game. if you're calling plays like Sark yeah. is, and you you. You can't be uh, and coach Big Mac this year. That's yeah. one thing I'm worried about. You know, it's if and, you if you if you do spend the whole game just you know kind of trying to organize everybody. You're not calling plays on either side of the ball. You should be perfect at those late game timeout situations, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you can't be it's, afraid to have a guy who can come up to you on the sideline and say, "Coach, you know, you we can take the, the, this defense over here. We probably need to take a defensive timeout. I know how you like your timeouts on offense, but the momentum is really really shifting." And that guy's been a head coach before, and he can he can say that to you on the sideline. Who's and that guy this year, Chris? I I would think so. Who's the other guy they brought in? Um, they brought in like a special teams from from some north northwestern school, D two school. Um, came from Portland State, something like that. Defensive coordinator. I don't I don't know much about him. So I if you can get a defensive coordinator from a D one you know double A school coming here, that's I mean that that guy probably can help. And this is a this is a year where you need all hands on deck. You need those guys. You need the, those extra eyes and ears. And there's nothing wrong with that. You just can't 
I mean, I, I spend a lot of time, you know, when when I coach, asking the players what what do you guys think? What do you what do you think of these running plays? What what really works for what really works for us? I mean, I'd ask the guy who wasn't the the, the starter who practices and ran the plays and one and and did that. What did you think? Do we need to run more of that or or less of that? I mean, I never got afraid to get. I mean, knowledge is good knowledge or bad knowledge. You know, you just the way you decipher it. That's up to you. I have a question about about the the college versus the pros. I mean, it's I I think it's pretty straightforward to me when a coach in college then takes a pro job, mm-hmm. he's going to be rid of recruiting and he's going to be living football like ninety hours a week and sleeping at work and going to be going to be uh, okay. So so a Dick Vermeil situation. But the guys who are coming back from the NFL into college, like your former boss mm-hmm. who was coach for the Chiefs. Is there a real benefit on the college level to having NFL experience as a coach, or does it really matter? Well, I think it matters because you're 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 coaching the best. You're, that's the best of the best. You know what works for the best players. You know that that play that game from Pop Warner on. That's they're the best. The professionals. That's why they're pros. I also think the the biggest difference between being a college head coach and an NFL head coach in college, the coaches are the stars. Because they're the you know they're the mainstay. Like Nick Saban doesn't leave Alabama like the players do every four years. And the NFL, the players are the stars. You know you can get fired in a yeah. Like we've seen guys win Super Bowls. Like Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl and then two three years later, gone. Struggling. You're right. It's it's not it's yeah. not the same. It's not the same kind. No, of that's a real good point. There. I mean well, that's and, a and very all, good point. In all ways, it's just the players extra, extra, the face. Guys, extra eyes and ears. They they can't help you. That's that's you. That's all a part of your ego and what you how you deal with that. And where I mean, and you set the you know you're gonna set the parameters and the boundaries of what you want that that guy. By the time if they get here and they're here in the spring, these extra guys, and they know by when the season starts how they get how they need to handle it with the head coach, what they need to say. They know where they're back away, or you know what I can I think what I'm gonna say really really makes sense at this time. I mean, coaches get to know each other pretty quickly. I mean, you're in really kind of tight quarters. I don't think you hire these guys without having a pre- previous relationship either. Or I'm somebody sure. does, somebody yeah. that you trust. All these, I mean, the coaching network, I, you were a coach, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I got guys to, all over the country. Just uh, so I, I know, you know him, oh, okay. Well, like, that's how I got hired. At, that's how I got hired at Illinois. Just knowing Boston, somebody? Just somebody knew John and had was from the Northeast, had talked about me as a coach, as a young running back coach. He said, if you can get him, try to get him. Oh, it's hugely I mean, just, fraternal. I yeah. mean, it's just incredible. And and it's also a place where it seems to me like age is really valued. And you kind of want somebody on your staff who's 75 years old, who's truly seen everything. And if they do something wacky, like come out in the single wing, you know what's going on. Or just for whatever, read, you know, just the kind of wisdom, like an old fishing guide. Yeah, but you, seems, also, gotta, you also have to have those guys that are – Hip enough to deal with those those players. I mean, oh well, sure, they're, you sure. Know, they're, you know, they're ever changing. You don't give the car keys to the seventy five year old. I'm just saying. It's I don't nice know. Nick, to have Saban, one. Nick Saban's got those car keys. He's he's yeah, close he's to seventy. That he's close to that. Age. I think he's seventy. Yeah, they, and he loves to blame everybody else because these guys never got in trouble when they were at Alabama. It's only when they got away from the. No, it's it's just yeah. the it's the other sports. It's not the oh yeah, it's well, not the football team. Even his football players that have gone on the NFL oh. and have some trouble lately. He said they never happened here. We had them under. Yeah, you had them under lock and key. You just key, never but, heard about it. Yeah, there is a real, real world out there, coach, away from your foot, from your football facility and your campus. They do have to go to the real world sometime. Let's take a quick break. Thursday morning, buck ons, buck offs. Brought to you by our good friends, the Austin Gamblers. We'll be right back. It's B and E. It's Bucky and Aaron.
right. Uh, I guess I should say, no, it's not. <laughs> it's it's Monty not Bucky Norhair, and it's Monty and Ty. Bucky is uh, in another room, and the uh, HIPAA rules prevent me from going any further about what might be happening in there. Healthcare is a personal thing. We've shared much, much worse. But I well, guess that's up. That's his decision, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I would certainly not want to say it without. Uh, I think the listeners got the idea of what's going on, though. Yeah, I, I if would you, think if you've been so. listening since six. Yeah, yeah no, it's, no, we've been hitting him over the head with a hammer, telling him what's wrong with Bucky. So now that that man that has manifested itself in his absence. So Ty and I are gonna get through this and and have a great time. Definitely. Well, well, well he'll be back. He'll oh be, yeah. yeah, of he'll course be back. he'll be back. Yes. Of course he'll be back. And we were, you know. Talking earlier about the SEC, you come in the the uh, studio. We start talking about a number of things, and it lands on it's always sunny and AI because I was telling you that the writers' strike. I'm a member of the Writers Guild, and a big part of the strike is AI. I can't remember how AI came up in the control room, but it did. And uh, and and you said you have. Yeah, Use so, AI to do an always sunny script. Yeah, so I have the chat GPT app or one of those apps. I forget which one it is. But, um, you know, you pay 10 bucks and you can do whatever you want. But I typed in one of the first things I was like, oh, let's see. I'd heard that it can write scripts to things. So I was like, let's make this as specific as possible. I typed in, write me an always sunny in Philadelphia episode um, where D dies. And within 30 <laughs> seconds, you got, you know, four acts, characters, like read the whole thing. Entire episode on point, like it, it knew it knew the show, the character, you know, points it. It's crazy, and yeah. I, I get why the Writers Guild is striking yeah, because that's why it's a, it was a legitimate script for an episode. I could be like, oh, a person wrote that. I could, I could, I imagined watching that episode perfectly, and it was funny. No, I mean, the, I I see a time in the not too distant future, and that very much is what the strike's about. It's about streaming in a way, but it's really they see what's on the horizon as far as. AI and the and the uh, threat to human beings writing scripts. Is there there's, there is there an end in sight for that that strike, or is it I, still being worked out? I I think that the issue is kind of so profound. There, there, it's not close that I've heard. It's not close that I've heard. So who, I'm not I'm is, not as involved. Who in, is writing for all these shows right now? Well, right now a lot of them just kind of shut down. You know, they're sitting around waiting. <laughs> yeah, AI. No. Um, <laughs> The, the, you know, the thing about AI in a, in a few years, I think not only will you have your entertainment provided by a computer, but you'll have your favorite computer, just like you have your favorite guitar player or trumpet player or stand up comedian or something like that. You'll have your favorite. I don't know whether you'd call it your favorite. It's not software. You'll have your favorite AI source, whether that's a, you know, whether that's. Yeah, because once these sources learn enough, yeah. I mean, you can already pretty much have a straight-up conversation yeah. as if this you're talking to a real person. I can't imagine. I mean, people are going to go down deep, deep, dark holes on starting to, like, date these robots, essentially. I, I think the movie, you've seen that movie I, Robot with Will Smith? Yeah. I oh, feel yeah. like that is. And her. Her is, a, you know, I, I think that's kind of. Oh, a, I haven't I, seen her, but. Oh, I, it, it, it's very much about having a relationship with a computer. With a, and uh, that's already happening. Just oh yeah, oh I, I'm, I know. If people weren't aware. I know. But anyway, we got on. It's always sunny, and uh, you said the new season is starting. I haven't seen it in years because I think it is. I think it took a distinct dive. You know, about eight years, nine. Well, not that long. Like ten years, five, five years ago. Okay. I, I mean, it's still good. 
the characters are still, you know, yeah. as funny as they always have been. But it, you kind of run out of after what? I think they're on season 15 or oh, 16. Yeah. Wow. It's have you ever seen that show? Always I have. in Philadelphia. I, you know, Aaron, Aaron Hogan has never seen that show. And You're I was like, kidding. and I was like, you would, you would think that's the It'd funniest be right show. Right up his alley. Yeah. Especially coming from Ohio. You know, I mean, especially kind of coming from the Northeast. The mean streets. Yeah. I oh no, it's it the the uh so we started talking. Yeah, well, but the just, new new season came out last I think there's like four episodes out now. I haven't watched yet, yeah. but like you said, it's not it's not the same, but I'm still I'm still it's, definitely gonna to get, just get watched, to watching at some point. We just the other night watched uh the the episode where they go to the Grand Canyon and of course never get out of Philadelphia. Yeah. They're riding in the back of a U Haul trailer. Wow. That's a good one. Yeah. No. That's a very funny one. I, that's a show I can definitely rewatch over yeah, and yeah. over again. Yeah. I mean at the same time there were some really good comedies going on when you think of the the office it was it wasn't seinfeld but the office parks and recreation um, i had never seen that originally the office that every week of watching that i only saw it when it was finally over and done with and then i just kept watching it after i've checked out all the reruns of it I just kept watching it again and again. I just couldn't get it, enough it, of the it, acting. It, it, oh, yeah. The He's just incredible. Michael, they, it's one of the incredible characters ever created in television. And the fact that it's this fake documentary and he can look right into your eyes every so often and give you this reaction is a real powerful thing for a character to get to do. But it's the fact that it's kind of this and documentary. And all, all the characters do. It's such a great concept yeah. for a show. Because it's so, like, you think about if you... If you were pitching that show without knowing anything, it'd be like, "Oh, we're going to do a you know a, a mockumentary of a paper company in Pennsylvania, and it's going to go that far." You know, it, yeah, it's probably top five favorite shows. And my hometown's about forty five minutes from there. Well, and you know, it's a British concept yeah, originally. With, uh, Ricky Ricky Gervais. Yeah, and and then at the same time, I'm I'm a big fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and once mm-hmm. again, I feel the same way. It's dropped off a lot. The early stuff is stronger. I think comedies. You know, the the great comedies, and I think Seinfeld did it perfectly, all the way back to the Dick Van Dyke show, Mary Tyler. You go back and look hey, at all I those shows. Mary Tyler. Oh, I, well, I agree, that. but the thing they all have in common, which was great, is they didn't keep going. They, you know, they went seven, eight years and said, shut her down, because y- you do, you run out of gas after a while for comedy. Dick I, I Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore, when they slept in those separate beds, I tried that. I tried asking about that. I mean, they look like they got great night's sleeps. They they always did. I know it's TV, but I wanted to have a separate. I asked about that. My first. My, you mean with your wife? Yeah. You I'm like, me. look look at them. They look so peaceful and comfortable. I never saw. I mean, nobody ever got elbowed. Nobody. I ever know got a lot pushed. of happily married couples that sleep, sleep in, in separate bedrooms. I mean, they present themselves as happy. I don't. Yeah. Know. Whether well, it's snoring or something else. But. Laura Petrie was always in a great mood. Well, I mean, Laura Petrie was was, uh, yeah. I think she she there were a lot of boyhood crushes. Yeah, her on and, her. Oh, I had her, and of course, Lassie's mom, Donna Reed, of course. Oh no, I I, I too too rural, too rural for me. Oh really? <laughs> too rural out there with Lassie out there on the farm. Yeah, no, my my ideal was like the Dick Van, you know, be a TV writer and have a kid and a beautiful wife who's just as smart as you are and everything. And or he worked I got around that. some clowns though. He oh, really, really. Oh did. yeah, yeah, yeah. He had quite the group. Yeah, it's, uh, back to the schedule. <laughs> Rain back us to, in. Back to that scheduling. Rain us in. Uh, Ty. Uh, LSU, and I, I wanted to look at the LSU schedule too, and and who they're playing because I, I do believe Brian Kelly will get things. I think that that team looks like another team that's going to end up with a 
10-win season again. Yeah, they got Alabama, Oklahoma, Vanderbilt, and Ole Miss at home, Mm -hmm. and they'll be taking road trips. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. To College Station, South Carolina, Florida, and Arkansas. Now, and, and I believe they'll be one of the two of Alabama, Oklahoma, maybe both of them. Beat both those teams? I can see them beating Oklahoma. I mean, once again, this is two years out. There's a lot of... A lot of stuff that could that could change in between now and then, but yeah, LSU is definitely. I, I was happy. To, I wanted to play LSU because that would be such an awesome game for Texas. But I was was happy that they weren't on the schedule just because of the strength. Of, I mean, I think Oklahoma and LSU have way harder schedules than Texas. Does. Now, when you when you look at LSU and and what they're going to be like in a, a year after this, I mean, this is a team that's going to be. You'll have a new quarterback. Sure. Um, but uh, you mean that will be year three of Brian? Oh Brian yeah, Kelly. And he can recruit now. I only he, saw it last year. I mean, it's due difference. Knows, that, yeah, yeah. Well, that will be. What's the freshman that was there? Harold Harold Landry. Oh, the outside linebacker. Yeah, he'll be a. I mean, he was a freshman last year. He'll be a junior. Ready uh, for the draft. See you later. That will probably have a Will Anderson impact on that team. I, I mean, he already has. But LSU. That's a. That's they're on the rise. It's a scary program. Arkansas. I'm not so afraid of, except for when Texas plays Arkansas. That, that beat down a couple of years ago was just not. Good. I, I, I've not overcome that. That that I have not overcome that with with physicality. I thought I did. That was a after sad Texas day. played Alabama. That they're back after that, and they they flip things around. I just kind of. Oh well, I think that was a great you know marker between Stark year one, Stark year two was the the difference in physicality in those two yeah. games against you know SEC opponents. That the game against Arkansas, it was clear that. Texas was not nearly physical enough to compete, even with like a, that was a middle of the road Arkansas team. Oof. And last year, when you're you know pretty much shutting down Will Anderson, the best defensive player in the nation, and you're, you're controlling trophy. controlling the lines of scrimmage, I, I think that even in a loss, a one point loss in a game that you probably should have won, uh, I think that that was a big telltale sign of where this program is. And is that headed. that's as I said, that you build on that. Definitely. You and and you didn't regret – I mean, you lost games during the season, but f- from a physicality standpoint, no. you didn't regress during the year. No, I, I, don't think that, I don't think they did. I mean, there were, there were, there were times where they were playing teams like K-State and Kansas that they had a drive here or two where Kansas – You could impose – they imposed their will when they needed to last sure. year. And that wasn't, that wasn't even a possibility the year yeah. before. When I think that's with where Bichon. They could have done it with TCU. They sure could have. I know. mean, that was – that was a everyone going into that TCU game last year thought that was going to be a shootout, and that was a Just physical. A, yes, it was defensive. And it should have been game. even more so if it would have been even more physical, and if Texas would have run the ball more, they would have won. I think that was the game plan. I mean, you saw Georgia, like we saw Georgia do it to TCU. I'm not saying Texas was even close to that level as, as Georgia's on, but once the, the TCU is a great team, but if you got bigger guys. You can you can work them pretty well. Yeah, except Michigan. Michigan's got bigger guys. Yeah, I, that was a weird game. It was. That yeah, was, was a weird. Let game. me ask you about the, uh, the the when Texas enters the SEC, and Banks will be a junior. That will be it for him. He there is no reason for him to be around here. He'll be a top five pick. That, that's what I'm saying. That, that is a 
is he good enough to be a one of those candidate can? I mean, I mean, he can win the the offensive lineman award. You know, top offensive lineman in the country. Yeah, I forget I mean, what it's the. I think the the Remington is the center. I forget what the the award for the best tackle in the country is. But yeah, he he could be one of those guys this year. He probably oh, there's no doubt could have been one of those guys last year. He was top top tackle in the country as a freshman. Yeah, I mean he'll be. They'll they'll have four or five players that are. And you're getting other top. dudes coming in that have been sure. looking at. Hey, oh, they got they're building on that O line, that pancake factory. I'm I'm going to come in now. I, the fact that we got Kelvin Joseph and those other guys late in that recruiting class two years ago, that that was the biggest thing that's happened in the Sark era, in my opinion, on on or off the field, is getting those offensive line recruits in. Yeah, I mean he's it's one of the, the Outland he's Outland Trophy. Outland, Outland Trophy. He's yeah. one of those guys that you have, you have to showcase. I mean, as good as he is as a pass protector. You've got to showcase him as a run as a run guy, and run over there at him too. You know, people say, "Well, that's his weakness." Is you know, you know, he hadn't physically got to that point just being a freshman. You know, the weight room and all that's that stuff. something that will come though. It, yeah. you, I would rather no, a guy it's coming get, now. I'd rather get a guy as a freshman that can pass walk opposed to a guy that can run oh, block. Oh, for sure. You can, you can gain weight. You can work on your technique. Pass walking that's a lot. Getting that footwork down that's a lot harder to learn on the on the fly. Oh yeah, I, it, he'll be much different in the run game this year. Than he was last year for sure. I mean, just trying to learn the offense and just your natural ability as a pass protector against some of these really, really good edge rushers was fantastic. No sacks last year, just some of the, the best in the business he took care of. And I, I, I got to believe that this year they'll, they, they just got to highlight him as a run guy too. We, we can't be afraid to run gotta over find, this Got to find a running back first. Got to find a bell cow. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see who that's going to be. I think it's got a guy, lot of options. I think it's the guy with the belly. Brooks? Yes, that's what I think it is. I mean, he's in spot time. He's shown the most out of all the guys. Killian Robinson and the uh, Jaden Blue. I, I I tend to agree with you, but Cedric Baxter Jr. being such a high recruit coming in, I I I think he'll be the starter by OU. You think so? That quick? I think so. Was that week four? I think four weeks in, he'll be getting sixty-five, seventy. When I watch him run, I just think there's some some things he's really got to you know change into a. As a runner, he's a, because he's so tall. He's still such an upright guy. What do you mean about the guy with the belly? Is he? Is he? He's the hernia. Her, yeah, and he has. He had a hernia. Her, hernia. Is that oh, okay. Is that what? Well, I don't know. I've I've heard this term sports hernia for years. I've never really understood exactly. Yeah. Is that that's like when your when your intestines are popping out of your yeah. something right? Uh, the highest possible ankle sprain. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a high, 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 high ankle. High, high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I expect that he would be. I mean, I I learned a lot watching him over the last two years, and when he comes in and, and the way he runs the ball, he doesn't change up. He doesn't change up his style, what he wants to be. He doesn't try to emulate anybody else. I'm sure he's learned a lot from Roshan and Bijan, but he's just that guy for me. When I see him, when I see him make his cuts and get north and south, I like the way he ends his runs too. He's got a pretty powerful, and and he's got that speech. So that's what I never thought he had was. Does he have that breakaway speed? But that guy can go. Yeah, I think he he runs well with his pad. He runs he, in a uniform. He runs really, really can well. Can he catch? I, I haven't know. seen much of that. No, he did, he did yeah. those little out and ups and all that stuff. Do you think any of these guys are going to transfer out of the in the running back room right now? I mean, you got you got Keelan Robinson, Jaden Blue, Jonathan Brooks, what you're talking about, and Cedric Baxter, along with a, um, well, I don't, a I don't, freshman coming in. I don't know why Robinson would go anywhere. This is this would be it for him anyway. He's got to show his skills that he can be an NFL player or a specialist. In the NFL, I mean, I don't, I don't see him as an every down kind of running back. I think but he's accepted that fate at this point of realizing, hey, I'm not going to be, I'm not a, a three down running back. He's got to play like Pollard did for the first couple of years, you know. Okay, I like that comp. Yeah, he's I mean, Pollard wasn't a three down back at Memphis no. even. 
He was no, but, more of a receiver. Yeah, and I, and I think this kid will have to do those things where he catches somebody's eye when he's when he's one on one, and he and he just beats you with his speed. Yeah, I and mean, he does that. It, it's just you know, it's all to be determined. You could have the greatest spring practice in the world, and if you get into the fall, you know, and you, I mean, it's summer camp coming in, and you're just you know, you're not cutting optimism. it. All that stuff is in the past. I mean, every single decision is pretty much you know. I mean, I know. Quinn yours is going to be your starter, but so many things are going to be up in the air. Yeah, and I, I like the I I do like the group of running backs that they have. But if this if the star, who is one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the nation last year, you got to make sure that who you could, give him every opportunity. Who could catch over his shoulder too? That's one thing about running backs is yes. if they turn and face the quarterback who's throwing him the ball. Then they can catch it, but but catching it all truly over your shoulder like a receiver. Sure, I've never seen a running back do it any better than he does. I think Barry Sanders could do Bijan, it. Bijan, yeah, about. yeah, I'm talking about Bijan Robinson as a. I would have had him out wide a few times every game and give him the ball more. You know, I mean, I'm belaboring a fact, but I think he's going to dazzle people as a hawk. I think Atlanta's going to fall in love with that. Well, guy. they like to run the ball. They, that's what they want to do. No, they with him. They they have the best running back room in yeah. the NFL. I think they'll they'll use him similar to how they've used Cordell Patterson in the, in the mean, past. At every level, seasons. he's made people miss. I'll be interested in seeing and I, on play, set, what his running style turns into. Does it stay the same, or does he have to change up a little bit? Uh, I, I bet you know. I mean, that kind of instinctive stuff. He's still going to make the first time on the NFL level. He makes somebody just whiff in yeah, front of oh, yeah. seventy thousand home fans. He's going to be beloved. I mean, I just think he is one of the most fun players I've ever seen. Oh, he's great to watch, and there's no doubt about it. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Monty's joining me this morning. Love it. Buck-ons and buck-offs. We'll take all of yours when we return. It's Bucky and Aaron. Welcome back to B&E Thursday. Buck-ons and buck-offs brought to you by, of course, our good friends at the Austin Gambler Professional Bull Riders. Yes, indeed. I am gonna. I need to see that documentary. I have not seen one part of it. Yeah, it's, I've like I said, watched the first episode a few nights ago. Plan on definitely get into that this weekend. They get behind the lives of those guys. I mean, oh yeah, oh yeah. Their it's, families it, and stuff. If you enjoy sports, no matter what it is, and just like the you know the personalities and the all the hard work that goes into there's performing. some little dudes now. Yeah, it's it's a good it's a good watch. I definitely suggest. Oh, I'm sure there's an idea. I'm sure you don't want to be six seven and be a bull rider. That probably can't work to your. Yeah, it's better to be somebody that that bull can propel into the stands. Or you can cling more. I mean, you know, a a, a very tall man. I think it'd be whiplashed. No doubt. I've almost gotten on a bull before. Really? I went to a a small town rodeo one time, and it was basically you can you could you could enter. It was like a hundred bucks, and I was. Did and sign they, the paper, did they sign at least it? They yeah. make people wear helmets. I <laughs> probably not even, back in those days. Don't even think so. Oh um, god! And I had had a few drinks, and I was about to sign Nothing up. Nothing like my, that. And I had some good friends that were like, you know, maybe, maybe not tonight. Do it. Maybe do not. It, do it. Do it. Do it. Tie. Keep tie, those tie. friends. There you go. Keep those friends. They're always good the ones who talked you out of it. Keep them. Keep around you. Uh, Ty, we're thinking, you know, just during the break, we were talking about, uh, and by the way, E is out until, he'll be back on Mondays, uh, gone to Nashville, take a little time with his daughter, he wants to be around. I mean, I, I think there was a bunch of young ladies at 21. Now, I can't imagine if my daughters would let me go around them at 21. It's probably like, no. Yeah, I'm surprised he's going on this trip. 
Maybe he's is he is he supervising? I, I, like think he said, I think he said some other fam like some other parents yeah. were going as well. It's kind of kind of a family and friends. Well, trip. if you can get that done, yeah. I mean, if I could have got that done with my daughters, I would have definitely been up in there. But I know well, they were like, is Nadine? No. Is she going? Yeah. Is his wife going? Oh okay. yeah. So they're well, going to have some time yeah, to themselves it's a vacation. too. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I I mean, I couldn't have, I couldn't have, I couldn't have done that. You know, he last year went with uh, Nolan. They went to Vegas on his twenty first birthday. I know I couldn't have done that with my sons. I, they'd be like, "You're going where with me?" I went to Vegas with my grandma and my mom this year, and it was they were more wasted than I was at that time. <laughs> Telling you, your grandmother. Oh yeah, she was. I mean, she's she's young for a grandmother, but she uh-huh. was. She She's was, a partier. Oh yeah, she brought her twin sister, who's a Florida version of her. If you can imagine, like, oh wow, oh, she's a just smoking cigarettes. Wait, wait, all day. wait, where in Florida? Um, Tampa, Tampa Bay. Okay, area. yeah, Tampa Boca Boca. Yeah. Oh yeah, Grand, those Gulf siders. Grand, Grandma Patty, she she knows how to party. I, I learned that in Vegas this year. Partying with Grandma Patty, and she knows how to gamble too. There you go. Really? Gave me some tips. Those hit those tables, those gaming tables. I love that. Uh, the running backs, NFL running backs. I see that Jonathan Taylor is not very happy. He's still well. He's, not that he's not happy. He said that their value is they should get the value of what they mean to the team, not only as running backs but as leaders on the team. And I mean, I got where he's coming from, but that position has changed. Saquon Barkley, when he was drafted, I said yes, draft him. No, take him, take him as quick as you can get him. I still believe that with him. I know how that position has changed. You know, you can get two of them for the price of a half of one. Well, yeah, he's upset. He wants close to, you know, 15, four, 14, 15 million. He's yeah. on the franchise tag right now. Uh, they re-signed Daniel Jones to a big deal after, you know, he. And Daniel Jones doesn't get that if Saquon no, hasn't had the year he had no. last year. Um, and you see guys like, you know, Deontay Johnson on the, mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh Steelers. That dude's making $16.5 million next year, and he might not even be the number one wide receiver on, on the Steelers. And, and a guy like Saquon Barkley, who carried his team to the playoffs last year, um, you know, stayed healthy, can't get, you know, $3 million less and, than and, that. And Jonathan Taylor is on the last year of his deal, his rookie contract. So. Yeah, so he hasn't even gotten paid yet. And he's, I, I'm, I would be worried for, I'm, I would be worried if I was him. I mean, running backs, I don't see this changing anytime soon. With how, how much does McCaffrey make? Is he like, he in, is in the, one of the guys that does like, I was I was trying to think of anyone that kind of breaks that mold of like you can't pay. And yeah. If if he didn't get as hurt as much as he did does, and which he wasn't really last year, and that was a big year for him to not. Yeah, get exactly. Hurt. I think he would be worth that money just because of what he brings. Yeah, to, he's more like of a, a receiving. Uh, even Austin Eckler, who was holding out for a bit this offseason, they added some incentives to his contract. He offers more than a I think even a, a Saquon Barkley or a Zeke Elliott who got paid. You know, some of these guys. Nick Chubb, even though all those guys have shown the ability to be a receiver, Austin Eckler just you know he has a nose to the end zone. Yep, he's he doesn't get as hurt as much. He's smaller, which is weird. That that's something. I, injuries of us are going to come to play, but it's just once you get past the age of twenty seven. Yeah, and backs, it's been you know, it's, it's been tough. No one's Jonathan trust Taylor. It. That that's you know we you know people continue to talk about how good their offensive line in in Indianapolis. They're not they're not the same, but that guy's good. But. He's come across two straight years of bad ankles for a running back. It's it's almost like he uh, two lines going in different directions. The more I protect the quarterback, right, and he can play now when he's forty years old. The more I'm taking running backs and yeah. running them out of gas yeah, by twenty six. Yeah, you better be able to make cuts because yeah. not, I'm not pushing too many guys out of the way. All right, we got to take a quick break. Come back, more talk on this schedule, this SEC schedule when we return. B and E Thursday morning. 